What uh? What did they say that you were able to answer because of the podcast? It's just like uh, they were talking about like Halloween movies, and um, they wanted an example of like what like a slow burn like kind of is like build up like a suspense thriller and where those kind of came from. Mm. And, uh, you know, I could tell them about, like, how Halloween starts, how many... I literally could tell them, like, to the minutes of it. And then <laughs> I, like, could give them examples and stuff. And Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I talked about, um, like, John Carpenter stuff, specifically. Yeah, speaking of John Carpenter stuff, I really underplayed his music last time. Because that's a very iconic theme. Yes, yes, it is. It's in it's and, in like everything. Yeah, and he wrote that music in three days. Well, he composed it like, I think he wrote it in like a day and the, or like an hour even, and then composed it and created it all in three days. Which I mean, to be fair, like it's pretty much two songs, like the main theme and then like the dun, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, you know. So I mean. It's it's not the most complex music, but it's he used it very well, and it like really lent itself to the atmosphere. Like it, that movie would not be nearly as suspenseful without that music. No, you know when you hear the like the Halloween music, what it's specifically from. It's nothing else. You can hear the literally the first. Um, like sound of it. I don't know what the music notes are called. I guess note, the first note of it. And um, you like instantly know that that's, you know, that's the Halloween song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very iconic. And I should have brought that up last week, but oh well. Um, you know what I learned about myself this morning before, uh, well, well, this morning and last night is that, that when pizza is involved in my life, it's not that I eat pizza. I, I like pizza a lot. But the way that I eat it isn't actually associated with the way that like a person should eat it. You know, after one after like two, three pieces, you're probably full. But because I've been conditioned for my entire life, like eating pizza is like a party or eating pizza like anytime we would go eat with our friends or anything like that the only way to like be satisfied with a pizza is if you at least eat a whole large when you keep like gorging yourself over and over again and i don't think i got that realization literally until just a minute ago and like it just popped in my, it just popped in my head it's like man this is why i eat pizza the way i do and it really hit me hard. I don't, I don't know. It's like I've been thinking about it, and I just wanted to vocalize it somewhere just so I didn't forget it. So I can... Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a weird thing. It is interesting when like, you become self-aware of something like that, like a behavior that's just like, oh, wait, <laughs> this, this isn't exactly normal. No, no, not at all. But I never, right. like, I never put two and two together because every time I eat pizza, it's like... I have to eat a full pizza, a full large pizza, otherwise I feel dissatisfied with my purchase. Hmm. Like I can't buy like a small and eat it, even though small is more than enough calories and like everything to like make you full. Like I just like I feel cheated. What we consume. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me as always is... Hey, it's me, Kevin. Uh, you get smarter every week with this show, and it allows you to have wonderful talking points when people come over, and they either think you're really smart, or you're mansplaining way too much, and you won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, well, you know... <laughs> I just give you the information. It's up to you on how you distribute it. <laughs> That's all I could think about. I kept talking because I had all the answers last yeah. night. And all I could think about, man, they either, they're either like, oh, man, he knows what he's talking about. They're like, oh, shut up, you idiot. Why are you continuously talking? We don't care that you know. So uh, this episode's going to be a little different from our usual format. The episode I had planned is taking longer than expected, so I had to call an audible this week. And normally we have a pretty clear-cut subject, Coca-Cola, Halloween, pooping toys, clowns, etc. 
This episode's going to be a little more chaotic. Uh, there have been a few news items that are oddly kind of linked to our past episodes. So I think it warrants going over a few of them. The news stories are not terribly fun themselves, but I thought it might be a little fun to discuss them in context uh, as to how they relate to our past episodes. So to start, it's not so breezy for Yeezy. So Kanye West, or Ye, as he's now legally known, I think it's Ye, it might be Ye. No, uh, it's Ye, everybody says Ye. Do they? Because I've only seen it in print, really. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Ye, yeah. He's no stranger to making controversial statements. The earliest one I can think of is 2005 in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina's devastation and George W. Bush's abysmal, inadequate response. Uh, West was one of the many celebrity uh, celebrities and entertainers who participated in the NBC Universal, a concert for hurricane relief on September 2nd, five days after the storm hit. So Katrina had been a particularly vicious Category 5 hurricane uh, when it struck New Orleans on August 29th, 2005, leaving er, causing levees to fail and devastating the area. Floodwaters were 25 feet above the street in some areas. 1,833 people lost their lives and countless others lost their homes, were displaced, or stranded on rooftops waiting for rescue. It was, like, an awful awful storm like you i'm i'm sure you kind of remember it right yeah i remember it mainly i remember it because uh just a few months later many students many new students came to our school from katrina from like new orleans because of katrina so if uh you guys you know got new students from that you remember yeah probably so, I mean, we don't have time to go into the full effect and aftermath of Katrina. Uh, we'll probably do an episode on it at some point down the road. But needless to say, the damage was catastrophic, causing over $100 billion in damages, and rebuilding wasn't completed until 2020. And, I mean, like, the official rebuilding. There's also, like, a lot of stuff that never was rebuilt. Like, some some homes are, were just gone, some businesses never got back to work like it are there still a couple of streets that you can drive down that there's just like dilapidated homes just up and down the street and they just never have touched anything with those again almost certainly many people correctly criticize the government both for not preparing the city infrastructure to handle storms of that size as well as the bush administration's slow and seemingly callous response to in the aftermath west was one of those people so he took to stage with comedian Mike Myers. Oh my uh, gosh, he's everywhere. <laughs> to solicit donations on live TV. Right before they cut to the pair, Wes decided he was going to go off script and warned Myers he'd be ad libbing. Myers stuck to the script. So Myers opened by describing the destruction of the storm. He was calm, concise, and articulate. When it was Wes's turn to speak, He blinked a lot, he faltered over his words, and had a nervous energy about him. He didn't have Mike Myers' live TV experience from his time at SNL, but it quickly became apparent he wasn't just deviating from the script, but tossing it completely. What most people remember are his final words, but he said a lot more than that. His criticism of news coverage condemned a lot more than just George Bush and pointed out the news media's bias when discussing black and white people differently he pointed out that when black people were shown they were called looters but white people were just called survivors looking for food that kind of stuff myers continued with the script talking about the difficulty or the difficult task of rebuilding and whether or not people would be able to or would even want to west finished with the line that cemented the moment in history he said george bush doesn't care about black people In 2005, inferring that George W. Bush was a racist on live TV was pretty shocking for a lot of people. I remember being in computer lab and somebody mentioned it and I looked it up. It was one of the earliest videos I ever saw on YouTube or Google Video. Like, this was back when YouTube and Google Video were two separate entities. Yeah, that's a pretty harsh statement to say about, like, your president and your government. But we're also one of the only countries that you can actually do something like that as well and not have utter repercussions upon you. 
it it is also a pretty understandable thing to think at the time because George Bush did not handle that storm very well, and New Orleans is a very has a a very large black population. So, like, and the news coverage did you know differentiate when they were talking about black people versus white people. So, like, it's kind of a fair statement to make. But, yeah, it is pretty upsetting to a lot of people. George Bush was dealt a hand that not many um, presidents had to deal with in their times of being president. Like, 9-11, Katrina, there were, were like, other things, too. Like, there were were so many things for him. And I guess showing if you're a very good leader or not, it depends on how you, like, react to those situations. I don't know. I I was too young to truly like know what was happening at that time. Yeah. Well, we will discuss his presidency some other episode, but throughout the years, West has made numerous other statements that have certainly made headlines like claiming slavery was a choice, that racism is a dated concept, and prepare, comparing himself to as hated as Adolf Hitler in 2011 and allegedly claimed he, quote, loved Hitler and Nazis in a 2018 TMZ interview when he made the slavery as a choice comment. Recently, October has been very a uh, very rough month for him. On Monday, October 3rd, at a surprise Yeezy fashion show in Paris, Yee was photographed with Candace Owens wearing complimentary black and white t-shirts emblazoned with White Lives Matters. Naturally, this upset a lot of people, especially when combined with his previous statements about racism and slavery, but he probably would have been able to weather that if he had just apologized or simply just kept a low profile for a little while. Yeah, he didn't have to say it. Like, if he just <clears throat> shut up after that, no, like, people would still be like, he's the greatest, he's a god, like, you know. Yeah, but low profile isn't exactly his style, and when he received backlash, pushback for, from other celebrities and personal texts... He posted screenshots to Instagram, including one where he implied Sean Combs, a.k.a. Diddy, or P. Diddy, was controlled by the Jews. So, if you remember from our conspiracy episode, this is part of the enduring legacy of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, the conspiracy that a secret cabal of Jews secretly run the world. Yeah, I I mean... Jews did come a very long way from what happened to them. You know, they had to get jobs, money, and stuff, and status, so that something like that couldn't truly happen to them again. I mean, but like, for them, for it to be a secret society, like, it, 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 he's, the, the things that he's saying is just pushing too far. Like, it, I, the, I don't know. The, like, this stuff gets real touchy too. Like, it's so like there, it's so wild. Well, I mean, there's there's no denying that there are Jewish people that are very powerful and very influential and have a lot of money and can make stuff happen. The conspiracy is that secretly they have like a network that is speci- like that is secretly controlling like every government and like yeah. e- like Hollywood and you know so the like his comment kind of feeds into that. And his account was quickly restricted from uh, from Instagram, since Instagram is owned by Facebook since 2012, and Facebook's owner is Mark Zuckerberg, who is Jewish. The response of restricting him kind of feeds into the fire. I mean, it's the correct decision to make, but it does, like, see, see, I am being persecuted by Jews, you know, like. Yeah, but if you're going to insult, if you're going to insult someone, uh, like, it. If you're using a platform or you're working with someone that is of that culture and you insult them or like try to say that something like that's not like they're doing that, you have to know that there's also going to be repercussions that like are going to come from those people. They're not just going to be like, oh, it's just, you know, it's Kanye West. He's being Kanye West. No, they're going to be like, why are you insulting us? Why are you acting like this? It's the same. Like it's the same thing with how, if you say the N word or if you are racist towards them, they're going to give you repercussions and not allow you to 
go about how you're what you're still doing like and for him to think just because like well i don't know it's just it's wild a lot of people seem to not understand that freedom of speech just protects you from like being arrested or like attacked by the government for what you're saying freedom of speech does not transfer over to mean that like companies like you know social media companies can't restrict what you're doing or fire you or whatever if you're saying something that goes against their terms like that's just not covered by free speech and freedom of speech also does not mean freedom from consequences so you know fuck around and find out but anyways so he yeah that that argument of like they're restricting our free speech on Twitter and Facebook and everything. That's that like, like that's that's like somebody coming into your business and allowing them to yell at you over and over again. No, you're gonna kick them out because of what they're saying. It's the same thing that you're walking into their business, even though it's virtual, and you're saying bad things. They're not gonna allow you to be inside their business. That I mean, like it's that simple. Like. Until the government, until we pass a law that says social media sites are considered as like public places or like a public domain to where like you can say or do what you want and can't get kicked out or protest on that, they can do whatever they want. Though, But those are not laws yet. Well, I do yeah. think one day we will move to that because social media and um, like just the internet in general is how the majority of people get their news and get their media. So eventually I do think it will transfer to a public space, but until then it's not, and you cannot consider it a public space and you cannot consider what you're saying on there, freedom of speech. If you say something, there will be consequences and it will, it's saved. Like they, even if you delete it or remove it, Twitter, Facebook, all of them can find it and use it against you. Like, you're not, it's not free. There's consequences, people. Right. Unable to rant on Instagram because his his account was restricted. West logged into Twitter uh, and posted for the first time in two years. On Saturday, October 8th, West tweeted, (laughs) quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight. But when I wake up, I'm going Death Con 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. That's the tweet. <laughs> There's a whole lot going on there. For one, he said Death Con 3 and not Def Con 3. Which, I think is just him not realizing that it's not the same word. Also, well, he was probably, like, all, well, he's not like he's at this point, he's not using his PR people. He's not using anything. He's talking in like a manic state and just like putting it out there and not caring about what he's saying. It's, right. It's, uh, like, it's I, like when you're doing, it's like when you're doing a, a school project and you don't proofread or use Grammarly. I do like that he kind of hedged his bets, though, because DEFCON has five levels from one to five, and he wasn't sure which one was the most extreme, so he just went for the one in the middle. Yeah, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mild about this until I figure out which way to go. Yeah. So, also, the thing about he can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jews, that's an entirely different conspiracy, or I guess... It, it's hard to say if it's a conspiracy or a cult, but it's uh, it's a fringe line of thinking that has to deal with black Israelites we don't really have time to get into, but it is interesting that he's decided to, you know, put himself in that realm. I mean, technically everybody comes from Africa at one point, like most of our cultures originate there. So if he's going through that way he's not what he thinks is uh, essentially black Israelites uh, is, is a line of thought that came about in like the 19th century where black people are actually 
the true, like, one of the lost tribes of Hebrews. It's weird and complicated, but essentially, like, he's claiming he's actually one of the chosen people and not, like, Jewish people as we know them today. It's very weird. Obviously, that tweet was removed by Twitter for violating their rules. West also tweeted about Mark Zuckerberg, implying that he had betrayed Yee by kicking him off of Instagram. Pretty chaotic night for West. And, like, as soon as he got back on Twitter, uh, Elon Musk, like, congratulated him. He was like, hey, welcome back, my friend. And then he posted all that stuff, and he's just like, oh boy. So, West was then locked out of his Twitter account as well. Just days later, it was revealed that West, during an interview with Tucker Carlson, had made even more claims that had been cut from the segment, including that, quote, I prefer my kids' new Hanukkah than Kwanzaa. At least that will come with some financial engineering. He also claimed that Planned Parenthood was created to, quote, control the Jewish population, which is a spin on plan, uh, Planned Parenthood I'd never actually heard before. I mean, I'd heard that... I've heard people say that it was used to control black population, the native population, or the Hispanic population, but never the Jewish population. So that was new to me. And then I realized that he was talking about... he When he said the Jewish population, he was talking about black people. Because again, that black Israelite, true Jew um, line of thinking. I don't even... I can't even get how Planned Parenthood would control any line of people. It's not like it's a big entity, but it's still not big enough to control like everything. Well, Planned Parenthood does have some controversy in its history. Uh, I didn't look it up for this, so I don't want to say anything too definitive, but uh, essentially the where this idea comes from is because uh, Planned Parenthood does do abortions the the idea is that planned parenthood was aborting black or minority babies specifically so that like there wouldn't be more black babies and then also i think there's some thought that they're i like i don't know if planned parenthood actually does uh hysterectomies but um essentially like there's there's some people that claim like they were also sterilizing women when they came in for like abortions or healthcare, and then, and they were sterilizing minority women specifically to, so that they couldn't give birth to any more children. I again, I didn't look it up, so I don't know exactly how true any of that is. Um, That's that is insane and wild. Like also, that'd be, wouldn't that be very easy to prove? Not really. There have been actual instances where uh, medical facilities have like like been attending to minority women and then just secretly sterilized them in the process. Like like even if they came in for something completely unrelated to reproductive health and then getting sterilized, I just don't know if Planned Parenthood specifically had anything to do with that. Okay, we're gonna have to deep dive into that because I'm actually very interested in the, in that topic. Like I want to. Yeah actually learn about what they're talking about and no like actually know yeah I, I mean like at least today um planned parenthood is a relatively benevolent institution like they provide women with health care and like the amount of abortions they do is relatively small compared to all of their all the things they do for health like you know birth control or um or like just standard uh, gynecological services. So most people just associate Planned Parenthood as like just abortions. Like it's a, like a, like a fucking assembly line of abortions. But they, they offer a lot more than that. And oftentimes in areas where it's really women's only option to get like actual health care. So I'm not like trying to misalign Planned Parenthood. But yeah, that's the line of thinking is. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we'll, we'll cover the, it sometime. The ye or yay train. All right. So he also allegedly claimed, like I could find clips of everything else. I couldn't find any clips of this. He also allegedly claimed that actors were, quote, placed in my house to sexualize my kids. 
All the rest of the clips were published. These were not. So I don't. I don't. What does that mean? That one's... Like on TV or like physically in his house? No, like uh, essentially claiming that there was like another child in his home that was there to harm his children. I guess. Does Kim have custody of all the kids? Do we know? Uh, I I think she has majority custody. I'm not sure if she has full custody. Well, she's she's got a good case to get full. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like the Kardashians that much, but they probably shouldn't be around somebody like that. At least, like, you know, Kim and them are taking care of them and not f- filling their minds with stuff like this or... Yeah, it, it can be very dangerous, especially if he's actually having real like manic episodes with the mental yeah, health which, and stuff. Which this 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 does seem like a a, a mental health epi- episode that after doing all this, who knows what else he's going to do? But we'll get to that in a minute. So since all this came out, he's been dropped by J.P. Morgan Chase, Adidas, Foot Locker, Balenciaga, CAA and Def Jam Records, as well as others. So he lost pretty much all of his partnerships in, uh, like, a very brutal sweep, which would probably propagate him to think that, like, the the Jews took away all this money, yeah. you know? And then, so, well, after he got dropped by, like, Adidas or whatever, he tried to walk up into Skechers... Yeah, like which un- is owned by a Jewish family. Yeah, unannounced, uh, owned by a Jewish family. How you not? How do you not know that? Like, you're you think you're gonna walk in there? Like, I guess he thought that like because Skechers is looked upon as like um like a lower class or whatever. But I'm pretty sure they actually sell like more shoes than anybody like ever because they like actually go to like working class people and like uh, people with like those fields and older people too. But like, how do you not like know that they're owned by a Jewish family? I mean, like, I wouldn't have known they were owned by a Jewish family. But I'm also not just gonna walk up there and be like, "Hey, bitch, start selling my Yeezy." <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, I'm at least gonna be like, before I walk into this place, I've made a lot of uh, Jewish people mad. Who owns this? Clickety clack, clickety clack. Oh, probably shouldn't walk in there. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess again, <laughs> it goes back to mental health. He's not thinking rationally, right? Uh, he also propagated the lie that George Floyd died to a fentanyl overdose, and and he also claimed that that cop, Derek Chauvin's knee, quote, wasn't even on his neck like that. So the Adidas partnership alone accounted for one point five billion dollars of West net worth before they dropped him, and after they. After he was dropped by all these companies, uh, West retracted his statement about Floyd. He said, quote, God has shown me by what Adidas is doing and by what the media is doing. I know how it feels to have a knee on my neck now. Bro, he doesn't understand at this point in his life. He's probably the one of the most privileged people in the world, like top one thousand most privileged people in the world. He does how he has no feeling about that. Maybe when he was younger and a teenager trying to make it, but at this point in his life, he like he has so much that he he doesn't he, he's not going to feel anything. Like he is so privileged as a person at this point. Yeah, and also like. Losing a contract because of your own Words, con- like yeah. consequences of your own actions is not the same as a cop putting their knee on your neck until you die. Like that's just it's yeah. not the same thing. Uh, and and like really insensitive, like and just foolish behavior. He also doubled down on his anti-Semitism. He uh, he claimed that. Um, a doctor of a certain race diagnosed him as bipolar and that was a misdiagnosis. And he was like, but I'm not going to, I can't say who the race of the doctor was. And then he pauses and then he goes, it was a Jewish doctor. <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. Then go get a second opinion by, by like a black doctor or something. Or, or just some, don't like, fucking say that. Yeah. Like, uh, what? Uh, I don't know. I feel I honestly feel bad for him 
because somebody either he is spiraling or somebody is feeding him this nonsense and using him as a ploy like something's something's wrong either way and uh, it just sucks yeah uh, i i mean like i've never been the biggest fan of west uh his his music isn't usually my style i still recognize he's an immensely talented artist but it's always been a little weird that people call him a genius. Um, and on the surface, West behavior can kind of come off as just his brand of eccentrism or like being a free thinker or whatever you want to call it. But this seems like a really long, really ugly manic episode. Uh, like just an entire month of a manic episode. Uh, his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, has spoken about his bipolar condition before. Though, like I said, Wes claims that that was a misdiagnosis from a Jewish doctor. I, I've got some friends who are bipolar, and, like, it can cause you to have very erratic behavior. And without proper care, can be kind of dangerous. And, like, I, I'm not saying, like, bipolar people are inherently dangerous or anything. I'm just saying, like, it it does cause erratic behavior. Yeah. I think he was on medication or something before, maybe. I think I remember them saying that. Especially if he's been diagnosed, they usually put you on some type of medication. It like kind of levels you out and everything. But if you're on a medication like that, and he, if, say, a month ago, he went like cold turkey and just stopped taking it. He didn't like gradually go off of it. It would make him go through a state like this, especially for a few weeks because it takes a while for your body to like adjust to not taking that medicine. And when you're going through that, your brain is like going wild and you have no idea what's happening. It do it feels like you're going crazy and he could be projecting those thoughts and feel and the feelings and stuff and not actually know what's going on. Like like he knows but he doesn't know and he can't like I don't know. The medication and stuff like that is like wild. Like, it, if you don't know anything about it, you should kind of research it a little bit because it it's it's wild once you get on it, and especially when you try to come off. Yeah, and and this country isn't exactly the best when it comes to mental health health or mental wellness. Or, and it's often politicized or sometimes ostracized. It's well, you can but see, like you can see that with what you just said about Tucker Carlson. Instead of them being like, oh, we feel bad for him, like stuff like that, the clips that they didn't use, they used to get more clicks. So they just exploited him even more. And that's what our media does. And that's what we as the United States do in general. Like uh, with TikTok, I mean, freaking every social media that we do. The first thing that people do is bring out their phones and exploit those people for views, for money and clout and everything, rather than be like, are you hurt? Do you need help? How can we fix this? Do you want to talk? And we've just moved so far away from that at this point. Yeah, and, and like I said at the beginning of the month, he was palling around with Candace Owens, who is a right-wing influencer. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she did kind of, you know, coerce or not coerce, but like maybe like feed him certain things that maybe made him go off his medication or maybe just like gave him ideas and then like whatever's caused him to start acting so erratically, like those ideas were already floating around in his head. But in any case, like it's. If it is a manic episode, like, it's not his fault that he's having a manic episode, but it is still his responsibility. Like, it's, he's still responsible for what he said. Like, it's understandable that, like, he might have said something improper during an erratic episode, but, but it is, like, he did still say it. It's, it's kind of like, if somebody gets drunk and then, like, drives a car, like, it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit that family. Yeah, I was drunk. Yeah, but, like, you did still hit that family. Like, that's still on you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he still did these things and should have repercussions for them. Like, it's it's still him. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be a laughing matter. Like, I, 
I feel like he really needs help. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay what he did or anything, but it seems like he needs someone who genuinely, genuinely cares about him to, like, get him off his phone and out of interviews and just try to either, like, fix his medication, whether getting him back on it or switching medications, whatever, or just, like, time away from the spotlight, but, like, so, somebody needs to help him, because, like, this... But I wonder at this point if he even has an... If, if he has ostracized so many of his friends that there's nobody left to be able to even, like, get close enough to him to be able to do that, because he, I mean, he is that powerful. Like, he... Like, if he doesn't want you around him... All he has to do is say they can't come, they can't do anything. There's nothing that those like that any of his friends can do. Like he's very wealthy, very powerful, very influential. Like if he doesn't like I, in a position in a person of his position, it's a lot harder to do something like that. Especially if he's like, you know, done like how many friends does he have left? Truly. Yeah, and and also, like, day-to-day, he's probably got, like, personal assistants and whatnot, and they're probably basically yes-men at this point. Like, I mean, like, how are you going to say no to this guy, like, especially if he's, you know, in charge of your paychecks? So, whatever it is he needs, that doesn't excuse his behavior. Yeah, something's something seems wrong. Hopefully he's able to actually reflect on what he's done, maybe take some time away and either come back a better man, like, apologize and, like, try to, like, do something to make up for it, or just, you know, quietly retire and uh, at least not be a mouthpiece to his massive following to just spout prejudice and conspiracy theories. Because, I mean, he he's still very influential, even if, like, he's taken a hit recently. So, like... I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's an ugly situation. So going back to that genius comment I talked about earlier, like a lot of people will call Kanye a genius. Uh, and like I said, he's a very talented musician, but a lot of people can be hyper competent in a specific area while being incredibly ignorant in others. Like Ben Carson and Mehmet Oz were both well-recognized as incredibly talented surgeons, but politically or even in other areas of intelligence, they've shown to be incredibly underwhelming. Another one is Elon Musk. He often gets called a genius for his successful companies, but most of his successes are have proven to just be having enough money to be afford to fail and afford to surround himself with people with enough money to make things happen. So, like, Elon Musk was... I don't think he really is anymore, but he was often compared to Tony Stark enough that he got a cameo in Iron Man 2. But thankfully, we never got a movie of Robert Downey Jr. posting bad jokes on Twitter and calling rescuers pedophiles. Speaking of Elon Musk, we need to talk about his Twitter takeover. So we're done with ye. We're moving on to Musk. Yay. So... The deal finally went through, and Musk finally took control of Twitter, costing roughly $44 billion to buy the company. Billion with a B. This was also after, like, there was proposed an idea for him to end world hunger for $6 billion, but that wouldn't allow him to own Twitter, so that didn't happen. Did Uh, did the World Health Organization, or was it them, or... Did they send a plan to him? Like, actually do that? all that? I don't know. But I do know that it never went past that. Like, there's never been any follow-up as far as I can tell. So he started off taking over the company with a plumbing pun. He was photographed carrying a porcelain sink into Twitter HQ with the caption, Let that sink in. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> So, some advertisers threatened to boycott Twitter if Musk lifted Donald Trump's permaban, which was enacted in January 2021 following the January 6th Capitol riot, citing, quote, After close review of recent tweets from the at real Donald Trump account and the context around them, we have permanently suspended the account due to the risk of further incitement of violence. 
The former president's account had 88 million followers when it was suspended. Currently, Trump continues to be banned from Twitter, but we'll see if that continues. Musk also immediately terminated the CEO Parag Agrawal, the CFO Ned Segal, General Counsel Sean Edgett, and Head of Legal Trust and Safety Vijaya Gotti. Sorry, I probably butchered that last one. Essentially, most of the top figures. Like, he just cut them all out. Yeah, people who will oppose him. Yeah. He also, uh, like, they were all supposed to get, like, massive severances, severance packages. But we'll see if they actually get them, because he fired them, quote, with cause. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Most of those were top figures, but CNBC's Deidre Bosa interviewed two individuals holding loaded boxes outside of the company's San Francisco headquarters. She tweeted, quote, It's happening. Entire team of data engineers let go. These are two of them. Their names were Daniel Johnson and Rahul Ligma. In a cruel twist of irony, Johnson claimed he owned a Tesla that he could that he didn't know how he would continue to make payments on. My heart goes out to Ligma Johnson. That must suck. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way yeah. that they did that. It took a surprisingly long time for CNBC to realize just how hard they got played by this pair of pranksters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's, that is that is a Michael joke through and through, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Uh, hats off to them, though. Like, they... They heard this was happening, loaded up boxes, and went and stood outside Twitter until the news caught them and pulled it off. I can't believe it worked. Like for the, I bet they like left and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" I can't like, believe they like were able to keep a straight face because, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, at least long enough for them to tweet, like the the reporter to tweet about it, and I think write like like mention them in an article, but. Come on, man. Ligma Johnson? Really? <laughs> well played. Anyways, um, meanwhile, what was actually happening at Twitter was every free speech advocate, buzzing with energy, waiting for Musk to take over, celebrated his uh, takeover by increasing the usage of the N-word by 500 times in the first two days of Musk ownership. Also, misgendering, anti-Semitism, uh, and death threats took a sharp rise following his takeover. What they failed to, what what those free speech advocates uh, overlooked or failed to realize entirely was that Elon Musk hadn't immediately changed the, the terms and services, and at the time of recording still hasn't quite, which has led to a few, but certainly not all of these free speechers eager to rattle off slurs to be suspended. Like, a lot of them didn't get suspended, but there was a sizable amount that, like, immediately got suspended for... I, I don't understand why, the, like, people are so stupid right now. Like, uh, I just don't understand where we're going mentally in our nation. Like, Oh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's heralding just, a dark future. Just because he owns that doesn't mean, like... He still has to make his workforce happy, which the majority of his workforce still falls under the other side. And for you to think that he's going to find that many like-minded people to like code and do all of the stuff that Twitter does, like it, it would be almost impossible. He, he would alienate his entire workforce, run Twitter into the ground, and then it goes away if he like does that. I mean, he absolutely could do that, but it's not because of, but he probably won't, and it's not because of, like, he couldn't get his workers to do it. He's not exactly the best boss, uh, if you've looked into Tesla's history, like, with dangerous conditions and all that, but the reason he probably wouldn't do it is because advertisers, like, yeah, ad hate speech is not advertiser-friendly, and if, like, he were to actually make it like a free-for-all like a lot of his fans seem to think a lot of advertisers would pull out and i think some already have i think more than a lot like uh, like 
99% would because a lot of them don't want to be like, if you don't pull out of that, then you get looked at as like a racist company or as a racist company because you're with them. Then you're already, you're about to lose half your profit almost instantly. Right. Like, I, I don't know. People are just idiots. Like, yep. None so of it's free speech. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's no way to be certain uh, whether or not uh, Musk will make changes as far as hate speech goes. And as we've seen with uh, Ye West, or sorry, Ye West, um, at, like advertisers don't like that shit. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Musk has also floated the idea of uh, verification being twenty dollars, which uh, sorry, twenty dollars a month. So that's two hundred forty dollars a year to have a little blue check mark next to your name on Twitter, which. I think most people won't deal with, like, because why would you? Well, oh yeah, what benefit do most people get out of it? None. Like, like right now they get benefit out of it because if you have a check mark and stuff, you can get brand deals and other things. But if you pay for it, all those people who are getting brand deals and stuff aren't like the you the advertisers aren't going to be like, oh, I wonder if they just pay for this. Are they actually who they are? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and, like, I don't really see, like, Ford Motor Company, like, not getting what they want because they don't have a blue check mark. Like, for for the most part, I don't see this really... I don't really understand the benefit of having a check mark. I think think maybe that's his, like, way of... uh, What if that's his way of combating advertisers so he can have more free speech but you have to pay for your free speech which there which means that it's not actually free speech because we're paying for the speech right um i don't hope that made sense yeah i i don't know this it's a wacky situation so musk ownership also means that twitter will be delisted from the new york stock exchange on november 8th as it's now privately owned The European Union has also vowed to be keeping an eye on Twitter, ensuring it complies in accordance with their Digital Services Act. The fate of Twitter under Musk ownership remains to be seen, but Ye Ye West's Twitter account is back up and running, although he hasn't tweeted since uh, the 8th of October, so hopefully that means he's decided to put the phone down and, you know, reflect, but we'll see. Yeah, so we got one more story, and... Because of its timing, I'm a little concerned we, like, kind of spoke this into existence. We have this power. Yeah. So, two weeks ago we discussed Susan Kuhnhausen, a woman who was attacked by a hitman with a hammer. Friday morning, October 28th, 2022, Paul Pelosi, the husband of Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, was attacked by a man with a hammer. And... And we learn really that it's it was came back to us that he listened to the episode, and that's no, why he no, did it. No, 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 don't say that. <laughs> Just play. Uh, uh, but because of how recent this was, the information is sparse and kind of annoying, although it does already have a Wikipedia page, which I was kind of surprised by. Probably don't uh, have I've a been, shitty Lifetime movie, too. Uh, I've been combing news outlets all weekend, and uh, certain parts have left me with more questions than answers, but here's what I've been able to verify so far. Alright, so sometime roughly around 2am, although it's it's not certain exactly when, Paul Pelosi was at the Pelosi residence in the Pacific Heights neighborhood of San Francisco, which is one of their several properties. If I wasn't on a list before this episode, I certainly am now, because I was like, Google Street Viewing, trying to figure out like <laughs> this house, um, be- because like there was a lot in there was a lot of like rumors flying around that like how did how did uh, this happen with like a a guard and like a security team and a gate and a community like this house is just on the corner of two streets in San Francisco. It's not exactly high security, which is kind of surprising. There's no gate or security or anything? No, like, there's, like, the sidewalk's, like, 20 feet from the house. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, they're, they're going to have some security in gates now, I bet. Uh, yeah, um, so uh, there's a glass door at the back of the house that was broken, which is presumably how the intruder entered. It's unclear if any security measures were circumvented during the break-in, like an alarm or whatever. I still haven't been able to find out what the deal is there. Uh, the intruder entered the Pelosi bedroom and woke Paul Pelosi. This intruder is now identified as David Wayne De Pape or De Pepe who's 42, who confronted Paul Pelosi and was demanding to know where Nancy was, which is very similar to the shouts that were heard at the January 6th riot. At the time, Nancy Pelosi was in Washington, D.C., fulfilling her Speaker of the House duties. He's like, all you have to do is look it up. You yeah. can find her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this, like, this man does not come off as very bright. So DePape had zip ties, rope, duct tape, a journal, and at least one hammer with him. According to San Francisco District Attorney Randy Quezada, the two did not know each other prior to this event. DePape allegedly tried to tie up Pelosi, but Pelosi needed to use the bathroom or fled there where uh, where he was able to discreetly dial 911. Uh, The 911 operator, Grimes, I think her first name is Heather, but um, it is interesting that the operator's name was Grimes, because... Elon Musk used to date Grimes. Like, all these stories are, like, have weird little coincidences. And Rick Grimes is uh, law enforcement in The Walking Dead, and that's where we're going towards with our country. And Nancy Pelosi looks like a zombie. Boom! Okay. Um, Man, it all all came together. I can't (laughs) believe we did it. Yeah. You're welcome, America. Anyways, so uh, Operator Grimes listened to Pelosi talking to... De Pape, uh, and according to the LA Times, Pelosi called him David and, quote, my friend, and sounded very confused during the conversation. Grimes, listening to this conversation, deduced that uh, the situation was dangerous and called for a priority wellness check on the house. Police arrived two minutes later at 2.27, and First reports uh, from Political and I think CNN said that the police were let in by a third party. That's an incredible response time. I've not been able to figure out who this third party was, and since then, authorities have retracted and state that Pelosi and DePape were the only two people in the house. So, police witness Pelosi and DePape struggling for control of the hammer and demand they both relinquish it. DePape secured the hammer, and started attacking Pelosi around the head and arms, causing a skull fracture. The police entered, tackled DePape, and arrested him. Paul Pelosi was taken to Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, where he underwent surgery for a skull fracture, as well as injuries to his hands and arms. Probably defensive wounds. DePape was charged with attempted murder, burglary, assault with a deadly weapon, elderly elderly abuse, and a slew of other felonies. Pelosi is expected to make a full recovery. So we're getting to the conspiracy of this, right? Because they definitely set this up for political gain. Well, we'll we'll uh, get to that. This is just the the official story. So in the aftermath of that incident, nearly every media outlet was eager to report a version of events, and because of that, some of the information became very muddled, uh, leading to a lot of questions and sparking a few conspiracy theories while people search for a motive. So a lo- like in the like early early on like just a couple hours later a local Fox affiliate briefly mentioned that both Pelosi and DePape were in their underwear when police arrived. Whether this was intentionally false information or just shoddy reporting, that detail took flight long before the affiliate issued a correction. It was also discovered that DePape was a Canadian immigrant. It was also discovered that DePape was a Canadian immigrant who was closely associated with a San Francisco-based nudist group, as well as a he he also worked as a hemp jewelry maker. This led many to conclude that it was not a break-in, but a sexual encounter gone wrong. Some people started speculating that Pelosi had hired DePape for a sexual interaction, but a disagreement about payment led to a fight. Days later, when Hillary Clinton condemned the attack on Twitter, new owner Elon Musk chimed in, claiming that there was, quote, there is a tiny possibility that there might be more to this story, and he attached a link to the Santa Monica Observer, an ill-reputed, quote-unquote, news outlet that plays very fast and loose with 
facts while taking random tweets and rumors as gospel truth, including, like, in 2016, they claimed that Hillary Clinton died and was replaced by a clone. Not exactly the most integral company. Musk deleted this tweet not long after, but not before it was screenshot and shared by many of his 100 million plus followers. Also on Twitter, just in time for the holiday, several people thought underwear and a hammer was now a solid Halloween costume, including Don Trump, Don Trump Jr., proving he's still not as funny or original as his dad. And will also never learn his earn his love. Womp womp. So, uh, since then, a blog was found that was created by David DePape, as well as a Facebook, both of which shared memes and conspiracy theories about COVID-19, vaccines, the 2020 election, the January 6th riot, and QAnon. DePape, when interrogated by police, stated that he wanted to wait until Nancy Pelosi came back home and he would tie her up and force her to tell him the truth because she's the leader of the pack of lying Democrats. So... He also stated that if she did not tell him the truth, he would break, he would quote, break Nancy's kneecaps. She would have to be wheeled into Congress, which show that there are consequences to actions. He was also certain that she would not tell the truth, so he was planning on breaking her kneecaps. People are wild, man. Conspiracy theorists are wild. But I, this is all set up. I believe it. I believe that the, the the Democratic side set this up for political gain. Yeah. Sorry, honey. You're going to have to take a hammer to the head so that we get sympathy before the midterms? Or, I, I, I don't really know exactly what the, what the plan there is. I don't know. But with everything that we've learned through the podcast so far, I could believe it. I was hoping to find that uh, picture of the... Um, Ah, here it is. What I don't understand is how how did he get to the bathroom, call the police, and then still get in a fight? Why didn't he just like protect the door? Uh, yeah. Give me just a minute. We're gonna be getting to uh some questions I still have. That was Don Junior's tweet, which I can't tell if that's a very small hammer or massive underwear that does not look clean. So like, it's a very weird thing to tweet out. Or, I guess he posted it to Instagram, but whatever. I can't tell either. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, typically when you think of a hammer, it's usually, like, you know, a foot or uh, a foot long. And that'd be really long whitey tidies. But, in any case. Um, Honestly, I haven't seen a real pair of whitey tidies in, like, 20 years. Yeah, same. I've, I've always, uh, I've been a boxer brief guy since I was, you know... 11. Yeah. Anyway, some people believe that the blog, which was created on WordPress, is a hoax. Some of DePape's posts are dated from before the blog domain register is created. So, like, they think that's a smoking gun, like, de definite proof that it was a hoax. But you can, you can make a WordPress without hosting a domain or registering, so... Like, it seems like he just started posting on WordPress and eventually decided to pay for hosting the domain. But, I don't know. This incident is too new uh, to post anything, or to, like, say anything more definitive than that. Uh, I don't I don't entirely buy the official story, uh, but for the most part, from what I've been able to find overall, the official story is certainly more likely than a sexual encounter gone wrong idea. But I still have questions I'm hoping get answered relatively soon. Like, how did... How did he not... How did DePape not set off an alarm or wake up Pelosi by smashing the back door's glass panel? Like, was their security so lax that they didn't have an alarm or forget to set it? Also, like, what was up with that third party that may or may not exist? Like, it, I can't tell if this was bad reporting, a miscommunication... If it was, like, an electronic lock that they called and got unlocked by, like, an operator, or or if there actually was a third-party present that they've, for some reason, decided to retract information on, or if it was Pelosi or DePape who let them in, like, I, I, I don't know what happened there, uh, and the reporting on it wasn't very good, so, like, what the hell? Uh, also, how did the police get in? Like, did they go in the back way that 
DePape did, or did they gain access through the front door? Because if they did, was the door just unlocked? Or so I don't, I don't have answers to these yet. And also, just the cops getting there in two minutes after receiving the call is not exactly the usual response time. But I guess since all he had was a hammer and not a gun, they probably felt braver than the Uvalde cops. Still, like just an inc- incredible response time. They might also have that number flagged as like. A political, High priority. Yeah, priority, political figure. But, I mean, keep going. Or, keep, a lot or, of questions. Or they, or they could have just been, like, conveniently, like, passing by when they got the call. Yeah, It's hard to say. Yeah. So, more than likely, most of these inconsistencies are just caused by media more worried about getting the scoop than verifying facts. But still, the event's, the event's odd. Uh, and if more of the story comes out, I'll probably give an update on a later episode. But it appears most likely DePape was started off apolitical but opinionated, like a lot of guys are, and then slowly got pulled to the far right by internet echo chambers and white and right-wing influencers until he became radicalized by certain dog whistles until he felt forced to do something. A lot remains to be seen. This could be a call to action moment to make people reevaluate how they conduct their political discourse, or it could be a catalyst for a reemergence of political violence on a much larger scale than we've seen in this country for decades. Like when we were talking about hitmen, we talked about how like you don't really see that much like assassinations of political figures like in America, uh, and you like you really haven't seen much of that for decades. This this could bring it back into the spotlight, which is uh, an Maybe. intense thought. But, I mean, her husband's not really a political fi- figure. I bet if she was home, this wouldn't have ever... This will, probably wouldn't have happened. I bet she actually has security when she's around. Right, uh, she does. Um, but it, it, Yeah, but, like, if you're an actual hitman or something like an... Like a, or an actual, like, assassin... You know where Nancy Pelosi is if you're going to try to, like, kill her. You're like, oh, she's in D.C. right now. I literally just watched her on her press brief or whatever like that. It's like, I have to go kill her there. Like, you know, you're not worried as, like, you're the significant other to get assassinated. Well, they weren't, but they probably are now. Yeah. Well, but still, it's so, like, unlikely. There's just no, there's no value in the significant other, especially if they're older. Like... Maybe your children, so like you know, keep hide your children. But like, I don't know. He's old. What? How old is he? He's eighty-two years old. Yeah, I mean, like, you kidnap an eighty-two-year-old, you're like, eh, he's almost on. Yeah, um, and also like, it's kind of incredible that he survived getting hammered. Because I mean, but I mean, like, <laughs> I guess I guess I just overassumed. Uh, I, I guess I just overassumed the uh, value of a hammer in a in, in a violent attack, bro. Uh, no, if I had a hammer in a violent attack, I would kill them. Like, if you hit somebody in the head with a hammer, it's gonna kill them. So I just don't understand. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it didn't. How old, kill how old is this dude? The Depape, uh, forty-two. Bro, a forty-two-year-old couldn't kill an eighty-two-year-old. Yeah. This, this is a setup. Also, my big thing is how did he call 911 and like calmly call 911 and like all that happened and there wasn't fighting or yelling or anything like that happening. And then 2 minutes later they show up and they're fighting. Yeah, uh there they like this case does have questions that we don't have the answers to, which leads to speculation which uh you know, like, it's it's hard to just say, oh, this is, like, certainly what happened. It's it's weird, and it's going to stay weird unless they, like, release security footage, but they're not going to do that until, like, trial or ever. So, it's hard to say. It's, um, I don't know. In any case, uh, October's been a weird fucking month, um. And what we consume has spoken it into existence. Mass hysteria. Oh, horrible boy. hit men. Yeah, I think that's the two. It's mainly those two, yeah. Yeah, those um, are the those are the main two. <laughs> I was gonna go off on a rant and I couldn't I could uh, I couldn't rant. I've I think I've already ranted enough through this episode. Yeah. So um 
that's that's all I got as far as news coverage. Uh, there were a couple other stories that I thought about bringing up, but I just couldn't get them all together in time. So, uh, do you have any final thoughts? No, I'm pretty sure I got most of my thoughts out on this episode. I'm sorry that I talked so much, guys. I know, maybe you guys really enjoy my voice. Hopefully it does. Hopefully I'm the pure entertainment and the king is the side guy. Hopefully you're on my side. Yeah, so, I mean, these are... Go vote, go vote. I want to see. Don't do that. It might devastate King, or it could devastate me. Let's not devastate anybody at this point. Oh, I thought you meant just go vote in the midterms. Oh, you should definitely do that, too. So, a lot of weird stuff happening in October. October's just kind of a a month where weird things tend to happen, uh... Now we're going into happiness months to where you're with family, good things, beautiful love, blossoms throughout the winter. Santa comes and brings presents, (sighs) hot chocolate, fires. I can keep going. And your favorite uh, pumpkin spice. Yeah, pumpkin spice. Dude, I had so many of those when we were together. Yeah, I've I've got an episode about pumpkin spice coming pretty soon it's good dude i know it's basic but wait okay it's the same thing we're gonna have i'll probably bring up christmas tree cakes like the little debbie christmas tree cakes more (laughs) but you only get this stuff in one part of the year so you might as well take it in and really enjoy it when you can it's special and they totally got me on this advertising schemes jesus man (laughs) uh so, so i think we better call it there Stay safe and love each other, I guess. Uh, And if you want to interact with us, guys, please follow us on Twitter at what underscore we underscore consume and on Instagram at what we consume podcast. And I am at King Hagathor on Twitter until Musk tanks the entire platform. Other than that, bye bye